So if you like, you can start with loving kindness for yourself. Taking delight in the fact that you are here. That you probably stepped out of some comfort zone and took a few risks and tried and then began again, and then began again, and began again. That's worthy of a lot of metta. To have a sense of possibility, of openness, and of reality. to be willing to see things as they actually are. You can offer loving kindness to everyone who helped you get here. Maybe people taking care of things at home or those who've told you about their meditation experience or those who've inspired you or even those who've challenged you.
And all of us who share this experience together, the staff has taken care of us, all who've participated. And those you know who are hurting, who are frightened, who feel alone.
and all beings everywhere, known and unknown, near and far. May all beings be safe, be happy, be healthy, live with ease.
Some uh, years ago, I was teaching in Europe, and this woman came to me, and she said that she'd had a very tough year, a really, really difficult year. And the one thought that kept her going during the year was that somewhere in the world, someone was offering loving kindness to all beings everywhere, and that she was a being. (laughs) So that somewhere in the world, not knowing her, not because she deserves it or doesn't, you know, uh, deserve it, but simply because she exists, there was someone wishing her well and caring about her her well-being. And and as soon as she told me that, I thought, wow, isn't it true, you know, that all over the world, from all kinds of different traditions uh, and just personal commitment apart from tradition, people are dedicated to this kind of offering, the well-being, the happiness of all beings, and that we're included. And every once in a while, we actually could stop a moment and and recognize that we are recipients in that way. And not only that, of course, we can be generating that for all beings everywhere to include everybody. And so ever since that time, whenever I uh, lead a sitting where I talk about offering metta to all beings everywhere, I think, okay, what time is it in Europe, <laughs> in, this, in Switzerland? And, you know, may she be happy. Uh, so really, um, it counts what we do. It actually makes a difference. And in this time, it is so desperately needed, this, this quality of mind and intention and inclusiveness. I can remember many years ago, um, Lila was correct in her guise as Kate Wheeler, or her, her uh, manifestation as Kate Wheeler. Uh, (laughs) She has often uh, offered incredibly helpful advice for my writing and has titled several of my books, including the first one, Loving Kindness, The Revolutionary Art of Happiness. And uh, when I was working on my second book, which came to be called um, Heart as Wide as the World, there wasn't a title, it just wasn't appearing anywhere, you know, in anyone's mind. And the publisher uh, was kind of set on a title I didn't really like that much, but I couldn't think of anything else. And then I was uh, teaching somewhere, I think California, and, and one of my colleagues was giving a talk in which she used this quotation from Nyanaponikatera, um, a, a great Buddhist scholar, monk, and part of the quotation had the phrase, a heart as wide as the world. And I thought, that's it. That's my title. So then I and the publisher had several conversations (laughs) about it, coming from very different points of view, because they were quite set on their title, which I didn't really like. Uh, But finally, they surrendered. But at that point, they had (laughs) very, very little time left. to do the cover art because it, you know they had done the whole design for their title, and uh, so they quickly started sending me things. And of course, with a title like that, a heart as wide as the world, you think of you know openness, expansiveness, bigness. So one of the things they sent me was um, some uh, copy of a 
uh, print of Van Gogh's. I can't remember which painting it was, but it was like this big, big, big yellow sky and these little crumbled hopes down at the bottom. <laughs> and I looked at it and I thought, first of all, you know, what do we feel when we see a really big, big yellow sky? You know? <laughs> and then those little huts, you know, I thought, that looks like the cover of the Grapes of Wrath or something like that. It's like, what desolation, you know, and just awful. But not trusting my own judgment. <laughs> I showed it to several people. <laughs> I said, what do you think? And I can remember a friend of mine um, just took one look at it and she said, that looks like a world that could use some love. And of course, that wasn't the, the cover that we used, but her phrase, that, that looks like a world that could use some love, has stayed with me very, very strongly. Because I, and I think I said this the first night, I think that um, there's such, often such a lack of uh, even the consideration of love or loving kindness in our dialogue, in our interactions, um, in our assessment of where to go and what to do and how to make things better. And, and I strongly believe that every single person's practice um, is a tremendous contribution to, to making that change. So that uh, even just the idea that there is a world that could use some love can become much more predominant in our consideration and our conversation and in our choices. The heart essence of one's development according you know, to these teachings really is one's own personal practice. Because like uh, Mark said in terms of you know, like the golden rule, love thy neighbor, it's like how? So the how is, uh, is really a tremendous gift. And it's not, you know, it's not doctrinaire, it's not sectarian. Every one of us may have many hows. Um, but the really critical thing is taking something that could be abstract and removed and conceptual or deferred, you know, that sense of, oh, well, you know, how great the Buddha was a human being, got enlightened sitting under a tree, and not asking the very next step, then what about me? You know, what can I do to make these values real, to um, actualize them, to really uh, breathe life into them? And that is the most important thing. And so uh, it's almost like a, a credo from meditation teachers, just like sit every day. You know, and sit doesn't necessarily mean sit. It could be walking. It's a period of dedication where each day you remove yourself from distraction and other responsibilities. And you just say, okay, I'm going to get this into practice. I'm going to make it real. Um, and every day it will feel different. Some days it will be uproarious and, you know, pressured and uh, sleepy and boring and exciting. And it doesn't matter. It's just the, the doing of it that is really, it's like the alchemy of it is in uh, not just holding something as an idea, but saying, okay, I'm going to make it real. So uh, both Leela and Mark, I'm sure, will have much more to say on um, suggestions for uh, helping us all do that, because this is not easy. Um, but I think it's really, uh, it's vital 
so that we don't fall back into those those old traps of thinking well worked for others you know but it's not really going to do anything for me um but to really uh harness all our sense of possibility and and go forward in in those ways i think is a tremendous contribution to this world i really do and since i probably won't uh, have too much more time to speak i just want to thank you all for uh, being here you were incredibly gracious and uh, you know when gina had to leave it was sort of a, a very big disruption and everybody um, rose to the occasion in a fantastic way so thank you and she also asked me to say that uh, she really felt all your support and loving kindness and to thank you for that so see you again hmm. well i thought i would answer my favorite of the questions on the board or my <laughs> <laughs> Before we all go for um, who or what are the eight precepts and why do they get candy? Um, <laughs> 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 Such a so cute. You guys are really um, sweet and dear sometimes. Um, the eight. Eight precepts are an expanded uh, version of the five precepts, and they include and some other little observances. They're what monks and nuns basically practice, and they include uh, not eating solid food after noon. And so that's why there's a bowl of candy that's put out there for the people who were uh, choosing to undertake the practice of the eight precepts while in retreat. Um, and it's believed in Asia that um, you do these precepts and you dedicate the merit to your practice. Also say like not eating dinner leaves you a whole like eon of time to, <laughs> to practice more and keeps you awake, doesn't make you sleepy, things like that. And it, there's also um, not adorning the body, um, not wearing perfumes and jewelry and not uh, sleeping on high and luxurious seats and beds and um, basically things like that, not distracting yourself, not playing cards. Those are all in the last three extra after the five. But um, as my last message to you guys, um, I really do believe in the, in the practicing of virtue as a freely undertaken awareness practice that can really support us in life. Like uh, when I was talking about um, serving what you love, loving what you serve, and when you th start to think about the kinds of really ultimate realities that we can serve and love and rely upon at the same time, um, I think a sense of our own goodness and our own attempts to come back to the practice and to come back to non-harming behavior, to our practicing love for ourselves and others um, in everything that we do. So I'd like to offer you that um, encouragement to practice the, in daily life that gentleness and tenderness that we've learned here. Um, that all beings really are equivalent in the metta practice, that to look at people and to really say, uh, we're all worthy of kindness Be and tenderness, and animals and all creatures really equal in the eyes of metta. It's a very powerful statement, and it's 
not just some sort of bizarre thing that we've been doing here to make ourselves feel better. It's a reality that can, you can live uh, for and from increasingly. It brings a lot of happiness to the heart. And be careful driving home if you're, you're probably a lot more sensitive than you know. And if you need to just pull over and realize that, you know, 60 miles an hour is really fast. <laughs> Take breaks. And when you meet your loved ones again, with metta and kindness uh, for yourself and for them, you may need to take a little space for yourself. Um, it can be a little overwhelming just going back to your regular uh, pace and speed. So um, please enjoy the fun and frolic that's available when you leave, but also remember to come back and be gentle. Um, or they won't let you come back again. <laughs> so, <laughs> and do come back. Um, as Sharon said, keep, um, keep practicing. It's a wonderful and kind of infinitely unfolding path. It's great. Let's see, what else random? Um, oh, ask, um, a great practice is to remember to ask where you are, like where am I from time to time. Um, it's a good way of coming back to mindfulness. Like, ask where am I, like, in my experience, um, rather than getting kind of s so easily, we get kind of somewhere outside of ourselves. So uh, come back to wherever you are and apply kindness and awareness to that place. So thank you all. You've been very kind. Sweet. So um, here we are. <laughs> Going home is always an interesting thing after retreat. I know many of you have sat many retreats, so you're familiar with this a little. And um, the first practice we have to do when we leave a retreat is practice letting go. You know, we create this beautiful container, this community, this space, these inner states, these qualities of heart. And, um, you know, they're conditioned. And as all conditioned things form, they also pass away. And so um, we have to not, we have to first practice not holding on, like, you know, with <laughs> our nails. No, I don't want to leave my MS. <laughs> and um, sometimes when we leave, as Kate was saying, you know, we're very sensitive. And uh, sometimes it can be quite disappointing to, to leave from, to go, to, into our, back into our lives from the simplicity and stillness and ease and clarity of what we're doing to the complexity of decision making and planning and emails and um, so um, do go gently with yourself you know try and ease back into your life slowly if you if you have that option you know um, don't read every single spam and email and text message and phone message you know as soon as you get out the door. <laughs> Um, because it, it's just like talking was yesterday. A couple of people mentioned how kind of jangling it was to be talking and all that energy, and you know that's uh, you know ma magnify that by ten when you you know start chatting at the airport and folks at home. And so go. So the my master is go slow, go slow with easing back in, um, and uh, just as you know. Many, many, many moments here, we forget what we're doing, we forget about meta, we get reactive, we get angry, we start judging. That will also happen, you know, when we're on the freeway or on the airport or in, in the plane or when we go back home and 
you know, our partner hasn't put the trash out yet, and you know, and the socks are still on the floor, and the kids are still noisy and making a mess, and and we so easily get caught up in reactivity, especially because we haven't been cultivating so much mindfulness, but more matter and concentration. So um, just to remember that you know we will lose, we will forget this beautiful place of the heart in moments, in time. We and not, and, but to remember that it's always accessible, it's always available, that it's, 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 the, it's the innate quality of your heart that we're drawing on. So even though you, you know, somebody cuts you off in the freeway and you're, you're getting angry and it's like, oh my God, I've just been on a meta retreat for a week and hey, I've lost it already, it's only 20 minutes after leaving the retreat. No, you can always return, just like we can always return to presence, to mindfulness, to the breath, to the body, we can always return to the loving heart. You know, the lovely thing about this practice is it's possible. You know, it goes with us wherever we are in the form of this intention, in the form of phrases. So, um, you know, use, use those phrases, use that intention as you're walking down the street, as you're sitting in a meeting at work, as you're sitting stuck in traffic on Monday morning, you know, and you're getting really frustrated with all the people and why they're in your way, and you know, don't they know you've got to get to work on time, and oh, maybe be happy. Maybe peaceful. You know, I do that a lot when I'm in the Bay Area in traffic. What else is there to do? You know, I can get angry, or I can wish people matter. And it's suddenly it's like, oh, we're all in this together. May you get to where you're going on time. It suddenly makes it a lot easier. So um, I call that practice stealth matter. So you're, you know, <laughs> you're sitting in a meeting and you're, you know, really dreading this awkward conflict or confrontation, and you're, you know, quietly under the table wishing this person well. Um, so, or walking down the street in, in New York, you know, and it's, you know, we know he's looking at each other, it's like being on a retreat and everyone's looking down. <laughs> and you just you slip people, you know, wishes of matter, kindness, may you be happy, may you be, may you smile today, may you, you know, whatever comes to you. So, um, so it's always an interesting transition when we, when we, go back to our family or friends or partners or kids or whoever we're going back to and um, you know, especially as we've been in silence for a week there's always that s there's the desire to you know share every little moment of every little meditation that you had every experience and nuance of metta and love and the difference between love and metta and kindness and compassion and, and uh, most people just want to know you're happy and you had a good time <laughs> So, how was your retreat? Great, thanks. How are you? <laughs> so, if this is a lovely time to bring, you know, you've developed these beautiful inner qualities and, and you have a much more capacity to be present with openness of heart. So give that, you know, make that your offering this week as you go home or go back to work. Really, really listen to people, really give that space to people rather than take up the airwaves with, um, the, the, the uh, details of your, your practice. You know, and, that, and of course, unless somebody wants to really know, then feel free to share. So I like to read this cartoon at the end of retreats. It speaks to uh, what, uh, the place of wise speech as we leave the silence. There's a note uh, on the pinned to a door and this guy's coming home from work and it says, Dear, dear Kirby, after all these years of meditation and in spite of your endless ridiculing, I have finally 
attained universal consciousness. I have transcended to a higher plane. I am everywhere and nowhere, non-existent or eternal, all knowing and all being. You, on the other hand, can go suck an egg. <laughs> so that person, I guess, hadn't been doing much meta practice. You know. So, so we get this, you know, as as many of us have said in in, diff in different teachings. Um, now we get to really practice. We've done the inner practice of cultivating the heart. Now we get to to express it, to manifest it, to walk it, to talk it in our words, in, in our interactions, in our actions, in our service, in our generosity, in our forgiveness, in our kindness, in our patience. Um, you know, so we get the chance to really um, practice metta in action, which is really what it's about. So how do we live this beautiful quality of the heart. So for each of us that will be different. It will manifest in different ways. Um, and also be a realistic. You know, we've done a week of practice, very transformative, and um, you know, be accepting of how open and loving the heart is. You know, there'll be times when the heart naturally contracts. That's the nature of everything in the universe. Expands, contracts. So um, I sometimes find at the end of a retreat, it's a nice time to reflect on, well, how do I really want to use this, this intention? What, what way can I bring this into my life? Is it something I can transform or change how to let go of in a positive way that's really an expression of the heart, the goodness of the heart? So maybe that's enough for now. Um, just want to say it's been really delightful. We've, we've all talked about how easeful and graceful and, uh, and for me, delicious teaching this retreat. It's really a delight to work with you, to see you uh, do the practice and grow and blossom and radiate. And um, we feel as much as beneficiaries of your practice as the people that, are, that you're wishing metta for. So thank you for your practice. So uh, we have a few minutes for questions. So if there's any questions specifically about this transition going home, uh, any questions <coughs> you might have about that in terms of your practice. About I know we've answered a lot of questions, so maybe there isn't any. <laughs> yes, in the back. Guy at the back. Um, so I have a question for those of us 
So, um, uh, yeah, I think that's true for many people. Um, you know, one thing that can be helpful is, uh, you know, this, however dropped in you are, there's always moments and times in the day when you can take space, when you can just close the lid of the laptop, you can, you're sitting in the toilet, you're, you know, in the shower. There's a lot of moments in the day where we're not, you know, just full throttle with our lives. And so I think it's important to return to, uh, to a sense of presence, to a sense of mindlessness in ourselves, to a sense of just stopping. You know, that we, it's so easy to get on this treadmill of doing, calling, emailing, running. And the more space that we can take, the more moments, you know, even if it's just sitting at your desk at work and you just take a few breaths, you feel your feet, you send a few metaphrases. Um, those those little moments where we where we stop the the, the busyness of doing, but also importantly to stop the tirade of the mind, where we actually stop the forward momentum of the mind, and we have actually a lot of time in this day where we just all what's asked of us is to be present when we're taking a shower, when we're walking to work, when we're driving. There's a lot of times actually where those spaces when we can just be present and not be so forward leaning can really be quite nourishing. So that's one piece to your question. Questions, comments? Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, so the comment was that um, there's a book called, a CD called Super Calm for the Super Busy. Sorry? What was it called? Super Busy? For, super Calm for the Super Busy? That's <laughs> <laughs> the other book. <laughs> this is tip, tips about mindfulness. That's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think for everybody, you know, the, the, um, uh, the reality is that if we can establish some kind of daily or frequent practice in a formal sense, that will help. And also many people ritualize in a way certain things like Thich Nhat Hanh's, like I'm sure that book is full of a lot of exercises. and. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has these different exercises like let the phone ring three times before you answer it and breathe. Uh, you know, and you realize that at some points, you know, so if you just had certain disciplines um, throughout the day, it, uh, it would be very revealing. And as Mark said, it's an opportunity to drop back into yourself. And I think the question for everybody is is really a, a personal discovery about what is in support of our practice. You know, people ask, if you haven't so far, but usually people ask all kinds of questions like, should I sit alone or should I sit with others? Should I sit 
the same time every day? You know, what time should I sit the same place every day? Um, is it better to sit in the morning? Is it better to sit in the evening? And my answer is always depends on what works for you. And because for some reason or many reasons, that transition from just thinking about it to doing it is quite difficult. Um, and one of my uh, teachers once said, the most important moment of your meditation practice is the moment you sit down to do it. Because even in that moment, we are saying quite a lot. We're saying a lot of caring about ourselves, uh, believing in change, harnessing energy, feeling our capacity, all kinds of things. But, you know, it's like, okay, that's the moment. You know, so you, you should really experiment and see, you know, all kinds of things. If it's traffic, if it's the phone, if it's um, interactions of a certain kind or with a certain person. Uh, I love that sense of our whole lives being a kind of creative medium, you know, where we're just uh, trying all these different things and seeing what happens. There are um, methods for it, but um, they, they're they a little elusive. I mean, they take a lot of energy, but um, I think accepting and being interested in what your psyche is is doing. Um, and sometimes the message in a dream is very clear. Some, like there's something really that it's showing you. And then when it's obscure, it's good not to twist it and squeeze it too much. It's just let it be a dream and let it have its own life. Then sort of um, let it be. Once in a while, you can sometimes wake up in a dream. It's very interesting, like when you know you're dreaming. And um, the way of cultivating that is said to be to ask yourself a few times through the day if, um, if you, how you can tell the difference between being, dream, being in a dream and being awake. Like, am I dreaming now? And if so, how should I know? Because the idea is that whatever you do in your waking life ends up in your dreams. So if you if you're kind of questioning your reality, and um, then it will transfer over. So if you want to play with that, you can. It, it, uh, I've done it, and it sort of works for a while, but you really have to keep doing it intensively. And the, the other thing that is just a sort of um, thing to say about dreams is that, um, you know, when they say that reality is dreamlike, um, in dreams, we think it's really happening, and also in regular reality, we think it's really happening. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but there. Love your dreams, appreciate your dreams. Yeah. Mark, it's your turn. <laughs> so the question's about how to work with a partner who talks a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, you know, we get a lot of these questions about how do I talk to this person at work or my partner or my boss or my lover or... And, um, you know, this is... The, this require a much lengthier discussion than we can do up here. But I think 
coming from the place that you're coming from as you leave a retreat, the most useful thing is to communicate the impact of how they are in you. Like what's the impact, what's happening for you in relationship to them? So rather than it be about them, you're actually just sharing information about what's happening for you in response to them talking a lot. So you're not saying don't talk a lot. You're saying, uh, you know, I'm noticing when you talk a lot like this, this is what happens for me. You know, and it, and it causes these things. Maybe I shut down, maybe I withdraw, maybe I contract, and I don't want to do that. So I think just sharing information about what's happening for you is often one of the best things we can do. So rather than getting into changing them, fixing them, saying this is the impact and you know, I may not want it to be this, this way, but this is how it is. And so when you give people information, you give people, then you give them a choice. You give them, you give them some data about how they may um, wish to change so the relationship improves. So, and you can do it from a very loving space. received in a hurt way and if I can somehow like accept what's going on and like come from a loving space like no matter what the words are um, it's often received thought. She was sharing that um, if she can give the information from a loving space rather than sort of desperate space, desperate and reactive space, it's often received better. And I just wanted to apologize for not repeating the question about, there was just a question about working with dreams and I forgot that I should have repeated it. So for people who need to, needed to hear it, um, that's important. So we're gonna uh, move on. Mark being from California has a ritual he'd like us all to engage in. <laughs> But <laughs> actually, I'm from England. Yes, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> well, I'm from New York, and we kind of like, you know. Just say it how it is. <laughs> yeah. And so speaking of New York, I think, Mark, uh, did you put up this uh, sign with our website? We'll do a little picture. Okay. And do you have a website, Sheila? Did you? You don't? All right. Well, yes. Yes. I think so, too. Uh, so there is a sign on the board with um, Mark's website and my website, and sadly, not Leela's, <laughs> because it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, and uh, in terms of my website, my beautiful website, thanks to certain people, but not myself, uh, uh, who create, recreated it. Um, uh, you can look on there for my schedule, as you know. I spend quite a bit of time in New York City, time in Washington, D.C., uh, and the rest of the time, <laughs> kind of everywhere, um, uh, and often here uh, as well. So and then, uh, if you ever want to know where I am for kind of pinpointed meta, <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, Toronto. <laughs> uh, 
but it would be uh, lovely to see you again uh, somewhere. And um, really, it's just been a great joy to be with you. So thank you. So putting in my two cents. Um, so I have a website also. It's on the board, awakenthewild.com. And um, I primarily had the website because I do a lot of wilderness, nature-based retreats. So I do a lot of mindfulness, silent retreats out in, out in the outdoors. I do a, a kayaking meditation retreat in Baja, Mexico every March, um, which I know you. it's really hot and sunny, so you might not like that. But... Um, and I do a backpacking retreat up in the High Sierra in the summer, in July. And, and they vary every year. Last year I went to Peru. In the fall I'm going to do a um, retreat on a very tranquil island in the San Juan Islands in Washington in September. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's information about that. I wrote, I wrote a book about the subject called Awake in the Wild, which I think that's for sale here. And... Um, and then my website also has my uh, the schedule. Mostly I teach at Spirit Rock, um, and occasionally here and occasionally elsewhere, but Spirit Rock in, in California is my home base. So I hope to see you, um, those of you who love nature and love meditation, hope to see you in the, in the nature retreats, if not somewhere out at Spirit Rock or elsewhere. Okay. I also put some other information about other things I do, my private practice and coaching and all that. If you want to look at that, it's in the, the bookstore, wherever that is, after the retreat. Kate, do you want to say anything, contact? Or? I was hoping to have time to put up the forgiveness and breathing meditations on the board for people who have requested those. So the English ritual is jolly good, <laughs> splendid, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> And now for the California ritual. <laughs> so what we like to do is have everybody stand and we'll form a large circle. <coughs> and it's voluntary. I'm hearing some East Coast fears about holding hands, so that, th that part is optional. So at the end of the ritual, we'll do a sharing of the merits. So but first, just take a look around. You know, we haven't really, on these retreats, we don't really look around much. So just, just look at who you've been sharing this time with. So these um, beautiful 
beings, men, women, yogis, yoginis. Let the heart open. People have been supporting our practice through the silence and giving and receiving metta. This is the community that we create as we practice together, field of loving kindness. You can let the, where if there's any phrases, silently, you can say those to, to one and all. So, and we're going to do a little ritual that um, a friend and colleague, Sylvia Borstein, who teaches out at Spirit Rock and you hear sometimes um, develop. I'll do my own hybrid version of it. Um, basically, um, how it goes is we, um, we uh, send out a letter, a love letter to the world, to all beings, that all beings may be safe and protected live with health and well-being, all beings everywhere, live with happiness and peace, and that all beings, all creatures, all life forms, live with ease, live with harmony, and part of the sending out this wish, this love letter to, the, to all beings, we're going to go around the room and sign it by speaking our name. So, um, and it's helpful to say your, your full name. So your first name, last name, any middle names, any given names. Uh, just because as, as you speak your name, we can get a little more sense of you. Um, so as people are signing the letter by saying the name, you can also just direct some meta to them as we go around the circle. So I'm, we're going to go around to my left. So just say your full name, and we'll go around. And, s and speak loudly. Murder, <laughs> 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 
So we'll take all those signatures and just imagine these wishes, these waves of kindness rippling out in ever-widening circles. May all beings everywhere live with peace, free from war, free from oppression, injustice. May all living creatures be safe and protected. May all endangered species be safe and protected. May peoples live in harmony, kindness. May people's hearts know the value and the fullness of loving kindness. be free from loneliness. May all our children be happy. All of our elders be respected and safe. May all the mothers of the world be appreciated. in all the worlds, all the times, all creatures everywhere live with peace and harmony. And may the goodness of our practice continue to ripple in waves in our lives throughout the world, bringing a lessening of the suffering and more light and love into the world. So thank you everybody. So silence has ended. You can now talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And be safe, travel safe, and look forward to seeing you again.
Jesus. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.